Hey, welcome to the Fat Stacks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ezoic, which is a high-tech blogging platform with split testing for display ads, site speed tools, and I'm told they have some new features rolling out fairly soon. Check out Ezoic. Okay, today is January, which means at some point I've got to punch out the December income report, which I've done. And that's what I'm going to go over today. So I'm going to get straight into the numbers. I think that's what most people are here to listen to. So let's do it. Uh, Revenue went down. I'm not surprised. December is a low traffic month, especially the last two weeks. December 24 and 25 are deplorable. I'm sure you probably notice the same if you publish a blog or on your site. The total revenue for uh, the seven niche sites I feature in the income reports here, these these sites have nothing to do with fat stacks. Fat stacks not uh, included. I don't include revenue or expenses with fat stacks. These are independent niche sites. Uh, total revenue is $55,493. Bucks. That's down 9000 or so from November. November was an awesome month, though, as you could well imagine. Decent traffic, insane ad rates, thanks to basically being the biggest shopping month of the year, although December is probably a big shopping month, but traffic was down big time. Uh, Niche site four is growing really nicely. I think that's going to be the champ growth site of the year. I'm gunning hard on it. It's uh, pulling in a lot of natural inbound links. Traffic's rising like crazy. I have a lot of great content ideas. It's in a niche with huge growth. It's 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 fairly broad niche. I like broad niches. Uh, I like it because it gives me a lot of flexibility and latitude to move into different topics. And this site definitely gives me that opportunity. So I'm really gunning hard this year for that site. I think has huge potential. And uh, other than that, it's pretty much business as usual. Uh, in terms of expenses, uh, pretty much the same. Uh, I want to keep in mind these revenue numbers for uh, the last month and this month are really high. If you've if you've been following along with the income reports over the last year or two, uh, the reason for that is I'm using Azoic, so Azoic has definitely improved uh, revenue for my new sites. Uh, very happy about that. But I'm also in the Azoic Premium Ad Program, so there's an expense tied to that because they charge fees. Uh, to be in that program. Now, generally, uh, so far for me, the premium ad revenue, which they break out in the dashboard, is more than what the fees were. But so, so the additional expense I did have was 11193 and that's for the Azoke premium ads. So really, my revenue from display ads is really eleven grand off that 55500 Okay, so it's really mid, mid-40s, uh, just, just so you know. Um, but it is an expense, so I put it there. The uh, rest of my expense is pretty much the same, nothing unusual, except for a lousy copyright fee infringement. I did a whole podcast and a big blog post on that. That's been fairly popular. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. Fortunately, I, I, 99% of the time I have email permissions. I dropped the ball and uh, had a guest post submit an article and, with some images, and I didn't follow up and ensure they had permissions for the images and they had an image in there and lo and behold I got nailed with copyright infringement and had to pay out 629 bucks for that sucker so just be careful with your images make sure you get permissions and if you're getting guest posts make sure you get permissions from them as well that or from the copyright holder cuz they add up I mean if you get you get 50 images that are infringing that's a big bill 
All right, so uh, we take off total ex- total expenses came to seventy thousand eight hundred twenty eight bucks. I, I use a variety of stuff uh, for all my niche sites, uh, stuff like Ahrefs, which is awesome for keyword research. Uh, VAs, uh, I have uh, several VAs that I I, I employ. Uh, that's a little over three thousand bucks. Few social media software tools, uh, Grammarly, which which is actually kind of expensive. I was surprised how expensive it is, but uh, but I must say it, it's a it's a great tool. I have yet to find something better. I like it. It is costly, but I would say it's worth it. I'm also using some landing pages, opt-in forms, all the usual stuff that bloggers need. So it adds up. I mean, seventeen thousand in expenses is a big chunk, but eleven thousand of that was a Zoic. So. Moving on to content investment, uh, ramp that up a little bit in December. I think 2020 is going to be a year of big content investment, at least I hope so. I've got some pretty good systems going on, and I'm pretty happy with it. I have two in-house writers now, one local uh, who's doing product reviews, and the reason I hired locally is I can actually get the products in, into his hands, and then he can test them and use them and take photos. He's actually really into photography, which was a nice side benefit, and he's a good writer, so he's doing some good stuff for me. Uh, other in-house writers doing kind of an op-ed sort of column on one of my niche sites, and that's working out well. She's also doing podcasts, which is cool. I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, long story short, total content investment for December was 9000 bucks US, so if we lop that off as well from the revenue, I had a net income of 28665 Again, nothing to do with fat stack. These are niche sites. And uh, the reason I, I separate content from expenses is, in my view, content is investment, not necessarily an expense, right? I, I could literally stop paying for content tomorrow, and my business is going to keep humming along. In fact, if I just wanted to write, I could do it. I, I could write. I don't really care to write for all these niche sites day in and day out. I've done it. I've done it for years. Trust me, I've written a lot of stuff. But uh, so I outsource it and I can get more more done. But I mean, literally, I could stop paying for content and that would no longer be an expense. So I actually did a whole blog post on that. It was really it was really cool because I got some feedback from some website brokers and their thoughts about it. Some are definitely of the view that hey, it's an expense, you gotta expense it. Some brokers, Empire Flipper is pretty cool response. They actually deem it as something that's negotiable and that's not necessarily an expense. And I thought that was a very progressive view of accounting. Of course, this is favorable to sellers and not favorable to buyers, right? Uh, because uh, the less your expenses are, the higher net income and then the higher site value. So, of course, this is a negotiable aspect of, of buying and selling a site. So, But that's my view. I'm not an accountant either, so I, I didn't get an accountant's input. So let's talk about developments. Those are the numbers. I'll repeat it. Net income after everything out of pocket here, 28665 US just for the seven-inch site. So not a terrible month. Actually, I was pretty happy about that because December can get pretty brutal in the last two weeks traffic-wise. So let's talk about some developments. Uh, first one, uh, Niche Site 1, which is my biggest niche site, by far the biggest revenue-generating uh, site I own. Uh, I launched a podcast, and the reason I did so was... Uh, uh, the Fat Sucks podcast has been doing well. I, I don't actually really know what is a good podcast, but it's growing. And I get every week there's more listens than there was previous week, and it's growing fairly quick. And I don't do a whole lot of promotion with it. So, and, and so I'm, it works, which is amazing. But, I, you know, I, I had a pretty good idea that it would somewhat work in the business realm with Fat Stacks because so many other people have great success with them. 
but I was curious as to if it would work in a particular niche. Now, I don't think a podcast is going to work at every niche, uh, but I do think there are a lot of niches where it could work if you could do a good podcast. So I have a great in-house writer. She writes sort of opinion, snarky, funny uh, articles. She does quite a few every month. And she also turns out she likes to podcast and she's actually pretty funny and she's a good speaker. And so I we, we hammered out a deal and she's basically turning the articles into podcasts. So that's pretty easy, right? Uh, it's essentially what I do on fat stacks. I, I kind of do the uh, reverse on fat stacks. I know a lot of people will do a f- podcast and then transcribe it and that forms like the blog content and sort of podcast driven. I tend to do the reverse. I'll write an article and then I'll turn that into podcasts. I, I may, you know, change change my approach at some point as well but that's the mo for now so anyways uh i've done a podcast for niche site one now it hasn't grown it's only been around for a few weeks now and we're getting episodes up fairly quickly they're short episodes i'm not doing hour-long things they're about uh, 12 to 18 minutes most are no longer than 15 minutes so they're short and uh, well because i mean how, how much can you say she, she writes an article that's 1800 words and it's an opinion piece on something pertaining to the niche and I mean how much can could she go on about that it has its limits 15 minutes does a job so we'll see how it's going it is growing it's certainly not huge it's going to take a long time I think uh, and whether it even have uh, any of the success that maybe the fat sex podcast which which is still fairly new, is, will have. Who knows? I don't know. I just thought it'd be worth trying uh, because if it is a success, I think that could be a really great opportunity for other niche sites I own uh, because I, I do know I have two other niche sites where I think a podcast could actually work. The trouble with a podcast is, especially because I'm outsourcing it, um, it's costing me, every episode's costing me. Uh, in terms of monetizing a podcast, aside from brand exposure, which is terrific, I'm not I'm not minimizing brand exposure. I think the more that people are exposed to any niche site brand, that's awesome. And I think it's hard to track whether it's worth doing, but I think that alone is good. I don't know if it warrants it, but in terms of monetizing it, really the only option is selling sponsored advertising on the podcast down the road. Now, can that be done in other niches? Clearly it's easily, not easily, it, it, clearly it's done in business niches, like you know, colleagues of mine who do podcasts in the same space, they sell sponsored ads and they earn a lot of money from them. So the question is whether in a particular niche are there advertisers who are going to pay similar rates to do a pre-roll ad? I don't know. I, I, I didn't ask. I thought I'd just fire it up. If I get enough listeners, I suspect I'll be able to sell advertising. It really boils down to price, right? I mean, at some point, somebody's going to say, yeah, I'll do it. It may be really low. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, fortunately, I'm pretty much out of the entire process, which which is ideal, really, because I have VAs upload it and formatted in Buzzsprout, which I use for podcasting, which, which I really like because I wanted like the simplest user interface humanly possible, and it is simple, and and the writer does the podcast, so I'm out of it. Uh, I don't get involved except for pay for it, so I like that. Anything that I can grow my brand and grow a site and potentially make money from without really being involved is, for me, a, a good task or process to add. Next up, and I alluded to this already, I hired another in-house writer uh, from Craigslist, and I did that locally because I'm 
2020 is a year I am going to try to diversify. Try it. It's hard to do. It really is, right? I mean, I'm putting in a lot of money every month into content because not that's not all going on one site. It, it goes into multiple sites, and it gets costly to publish regularly on multiple sites, not to mention having VAs working on all those sites and the rest of it. So it, it gets exponentially more expensive. One of my niche sites is really a product-oriented niche, and I don't typically do a whole lot of these. I certainly don't like writing the content for it, so I needed to hire someone who could do it. And when I do reviews and and best-of type articles and it's product-centric, I like to buy the products and I like to test them and use them. Now, that doesn't mean I necessarily have have to use them. I have to buy them. I don't necessarily have to use them or test them. I can hire someone who has an interest in it, and they can do the whole write-up. And so that's what I did. I put an ad out. Craigslist is a great place to hire people, um, especially in Canada. And um, if you don't need a local person, I don't know if you're in the United States, if you can advertise on Craigslist in Canada, but our currency is like worth three quarters of what the U.S. dollar is, right? So I'm paying, like I'm used to paying U.S. rates for for basically everything, which costs me quite a bit more. Uh, but if, you, if you're in the United States with your U.S. dollars, you can hire people somewhere off Craigslist and pay them, you know, it's going to it's going to save you money, which is a good deal. So that that has been a savings. Although I'm still I'm offering a good amount per word. I want really good content. I wanted to hire a good writer. I wanted good applicants. Anyways, I got a lot of applicants. Craig's is a good place to hire. He's already done a number of articles for me, and uh, we, we started with three, I should say, to get started just to see how it would work, how he would do it, whether he would like it, whether he could do it, whether I liked it, and it's worked out really, really well, so I'm going to meet with him and basically hand over a whole whack of products that I purchased, and he's off to the races. The last development for uh, December was that I finally came up with a direction for Niche Site 3. Now, you can check out Niche Site 3 in, in all the income reports that's included in there. It's a site I bought about three, I must be getting on it four years ago. No, not quite, three, maybe three years ago. And I bought this site because I, I, I it had insane domain authority and it was in a niche. I, I thought I could basically buy it, improve the ad revenue and increase the value and carry on in that niche. I never had an intention to change the niche. But it turned out the niche was was horrendous. I mean, the seller was making peanuts. I I paid a huge premium based on net income just because the site was really high quality. It it just was, the, the content was excellent. The authority was ridiculously good. So I bought it. But I didn't really know what to do with it. When I tried to increase the revenue, I, I it didn't work. And so there it sat. It sat there maybe a couple of years. And, and then I decided kind of, because I had so much authority, I started testing different stuff on it, like all different topics that had no niche whatsoever. It had really no direction. It was basically a guinea pig site. Despite that, despite just me throwing up everything in the kitchen sink on that thing, I mean, the content was typically good, but I was testing a lot of different types of articles and different uh, different topics, like random stuff. The the traffic has grown actually pretty well, and it's a half decent earning site. I, you know, I paid ten thousand for it. I could probably sell it for somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty to one hundred based on current net uh, income. So uh, already it's paid off, but I think it has huge potential. The, the trouble I've always had with it is, what do, what direction do I go in it? Uh, I all my other niche sites I've chosen because I was reasonably interested in it and 
sometimes I, I dropped them because it was a bad idea. But generally, I, but then I ended up with this, and now I've got to decide. So I made a decision what I'm going to do with it. I'm quite excited about it. The downside is the content is fairly expensive to produce because I need to hire uh, people with a certain level of expertise to do it well. But I have found some, and I'm just going to have to take it slow and steady. I have limited resources for this thing, but I think it has good potential. It is a niche I actually like. I'm going to contribute to it myself just because it's something I, I enjoy. And that that's usually something I look for in a niche. I know a lot of people email me, oh, well, what niche should I go in? You know, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. Usually my first question to them is, well, what do you what do? You enjoy? What do you do in your spare time? Do you have a hobby? Um, sometimes your career can be related to a really good niche as well, or, or your education or your expertise. But at the end of the day, if you if you enjoy the niche to some extent, it helps a lot. Uh, I think it keep, helps keep you motivated. Now, now I don't, I don't want to come across like, you know, it's going to be following your passion and, you know, the hobby is going to be as enjoyable when it becomes a business as when it was your hobby. It's not the case. When you, when you turn something into a business, it becomes a business. And there's, there's things that you're going to have to do that you're not going to particularly enjoy. Uh, it becomes, a wor- becomes work. It becomes a hobby. But it does make it easier if you actually enjoy the topic to an extent. So anyways, direction for site three, it's going to take a while, I think, for it to grow more than it has. It's kind of been in a plateau for a little while because I've kind of eased, eased the gas on that sucker, but now I'm pouring it back on. So it's going to take a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if it works. My dilemma is this, though, and this is, this is the... Uh, problem with this okay it has a lot of existing i bought it with a lot of content in it in the other niche and then i threw a whole bunch of content on there that some of it's actually doing well and now i've shifted gears and i'm moving into an actual niche the problem is is google's never really going to understand what this site is about for a long time, I think I may have to stick it out with this niche. But on the flip side, I don't really want, want to go and delete or remove any of that other content because it, it is actually earning. Right? There are inbound links to it. It it ranks. It gets traffic. There's ads on it. It's 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 earning and it makes money. And so I don't want to stop that. So I'm kind of moving into a whole new niche direction, and yet it's going to have all this old different topic content. So I'll just see how it goes. That's the best I can do. Um, it's it's making, you know, not not quite a hundred bucks a day, but I certainly don't want to give that up. So, those are developments. That is the revenue for December. Uh, it was uh, a good month. Took a little time off, and uh, it's a new year. Glad to be back at her. Thanks for listening.